Hell of a day for Mr. Kenny Moore. We are back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. Colts winners yesterday, 27-13 over the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Kenny Moore going to join us on this podcast. Had him on our morning show earlier today. You're going to hear that interview coming up here in a little bit. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Eddie Garrison. The three-game losing streak is over. Um, They start the second half of the season with a victory and. I don't know how much we talked about this on Wednesday's podcast, Eddie, but you know, I was kind of saying uh, this is a game that you need to win to keep the mock drafts out of the bookmark section of the internet browser. Yep. You know, some team, you know, if, you, if you're a Panthers fan right now, you've got, well, I guess you've traded all your picks. If you're a Bears fan right now, you've got your home screen as the mock draft. Like that's your, that's your home website here. Uh, this win keeps the mock drafts out of the browser or out of the bookmarks. And, and now we'll see if you can string them together. I, I don't know if the performance yesterday gives you uh, much confidence in all of a sudden them being strung together. But nonetheless, a win is a win. And the Colts are now 4-5 and five on the year. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for uh, holding down the fort last week while I had to deal with some plumbing issues. Yeah, you have dealt with a lot. So um, I don't envy you. At all with that. Um, yeah, I guess the Carolina Panthers, probably some plumbing issues with <laughs> how many leaks they had yesterday. And, you know, it's kind of fitting in the week that, you know, we see Bob Knight pass, that Nick Sirianni, I don't know if you caught that, Eddie, he printed out the picture of um, Knight sitting at his desk and feet kicked up. And then the background is the picture of, you know, victory favors the team who makes the fewest mistakes. You could really boil down yesterday into. Kenny Moore's good at football, and the Colts weren't as dumb as Carolina. I mean, Carolina had so many just awful, brutal penalties. The Colts certainly made their own mistakes early on. I mean, the Colts had several penalties early, and you had the big muff by Isaiah McKenzie. But, you know, Kenny set the tone. I thought your best players largely set the tone as well. Uh, and, and you did enough with the defense, certainly doing the heavy lifting. By no means was it a perfect outing at all, your offense I think probably had its worst game of the season, minus you just didn't turn it over, uh, which was you know vitally important to you maintaining that lead and not giving Carolina really any hope with that. But um, you know, backup quarterback probably the most banged up you've been all year long. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about again Richardson and Braden Smith and Zaire Franklin and Blake Freeland know. didn't practice Thursday and Friday and then suited up. Right, Josh Sunday. Downs, you know, exits early. Obviously, Grover Stewart is out. Um, you know, when you start to add all that up, you know, and, and Carolina, you know, also had a ton of injuries, but still, you know, when you started to look in the Colts' depth, uh, you were tested. And I thought that not as much as your depth really stood out, it was more of kind of the high end guys that we'll unpack on this podcast, but. And you lose Tony Brown on the first play of the game. Right, right. So a lot to get to on that. And uh, what was the first thing I liked? Probably I was going to say, right? since it's a win, we start with what you like, something we haven't done in a month. But the first thing, obviously, the star of the game, uh, franchise history first ever, two pick, pick sixes in the same game. Kenny Moore. You know, it's, um, it's pretty rare, Eddie, that we start off a what I liked or what I didn't like with one individual player. You and know, it being like, on the defensive side of the ball, nonetheless. Yeah, that that too. Um, you know, football is such a team game, and, and I think it's why so many people love it. Um, so that individual had to have a pretty damn impressive day for you know he to be slotted here. And, and Kenny had that. Obviously, the two pick sixes, uh, first time in franchise history. That speaks for itself. Just give him AFC Defensive Player of the Week right now. I've always loved lightning in a bottle as the nickname for him. It's a question that I tossed Kenny's way, and you'll hear his answer to that here coming up in a bit. But let's just break down the two actual interceptions returned for touchdowns. Because, Eddie, I thought the timeliness of them deserves a lot of attention as well. You know, how many times do you see a guy get the sloppy pick six at the end of a game? You know, you're up, whatever, two scores, and they're in must-throw mode, and boom, you just kind of tack that on. Or, you know, sometimes they don't have as meaningful of an impact. Obviously, they're great plays no matter when it happens, but still, their impact within the flow of the game might not be as paramount as I think these two were. So the first one occurs uh, late in the first half with Carolina having a first and 10. So if you look at it, you know, it is a 13 to 3 ball game. Carolina's starting to move the ball a little bit better than they were. They were certainly moving it 
on that drive right before half. And at that point, if you looked at where things stood from a score standpoint, if Carolina gets a field goal there, you know, it is what, 13 to uh 13 to 6. So it's a first and 10 at their own 49. So with 31 seconds to go, um, they still have two timeouts. You know, they need to get another whatever, 15, 20 yards. That's very doable. And if it's 13-6 at halftime, Eddie, I feel like Colts fans are saying, man, we should be up by at least 10 points in this game. You know, we should be up by a little bit more than than what the score indicates. To me, a seven-point margin at halftime, Carolina's running off the field saying, we're in this, we're in this, hey, you know, survived a little bit there. Um, and obviously you got a little interior pressure from Buckner, and then Kenny and you'll hear him describe it here in a few minutes. He jumps the route, uh, just so instinctual, knows full well. The rush is getting there. I can kind of cheat a little bit maybe and take advantage of a rookie quarterback making a mistake, and that's exactly what Bryce Young did on that first and 10, and he takes the pick the rest of the way for the touchdown. Then you go to the second pick six that he had, all right? And now this is where I think you were starting to leak some pretty significant oil. This was a little bit of like, oh boy. Is this about ready to be like real clinching of you-know-whats and real game pressure on the visiting sideline? Uh, Hayden Hurst had just rambled 48 yards on 3rd and 11. Uh, Two plays later, it's a 2nd and 8. And at that point, Carolina's in field goal range. They're at your 34. Eddie Pinheiro showed that he could certainly hit something of that distance. And this is either going to be... 20 to 13 in all likelihood, maybe 20 to 17, with, you know, gobs of time to play, 10, 11 minutes. You just had an awful third quarter offensively, couldn't move it at all, and really a poor third quarter in general. Your defense was definitely starting to leak as well. I mean, that unit was starting to give up more and more yards. And Kenny's positioned so well to make a play on the Miles Sanders screen. And so many times, it's about being in the right place at the right time. And I think what makes Kenny Moore so unique, Eddie, is he puts himself in the right place at the right time, more so than other guys. Um, I asked him what his greatest trait was as a player. He kind of pointed to a little bit more of his mental acumen, his kind of level-headedness. I would point to his instincts. I, I think he's one of the more instinctual players that I've really ever seen play the game. I think it helps to make up for maybe a lack of size that he has. I also think he's really he plays bigger than the size. Uh, but there he is right there. And you know, in both these instances, he certainly had a lot of green, you know, grass in front of him, but it wasn't just record the interception and then get into panic mode. You know how many times did you see guys make the pick and then they just look like a chick with their head cut off trying to make the return. Uh, Kenny looked pretty natural in both those returns. And on a day when you're struggling to move it offensively, particularly in the second half, you know, he makes sure he finishes off both those drives and does it with, you know, obviously touchdowns. Adam Thielen, incredibly quiet on the afternoon. You know, one catch for three yards in the first half. Kenny Moore's a big part of that. And I just think he's handled this year so much better than he did last year. And he he I think would admit that. You know, he did not handle last year well from the public contract talks to playing in the new system. And he's earned a mulligan and he's gotten that and he's delivered. And if you're his agent Aren't you calling Chris Bauer to check in today? Oh, yeah, hey, definitely. Hey, Chris, been a while. Just had it down here, month of November. Be a good time to check uh, check base with you. Uh, and his sister's in the building as well for Kenny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what what a great, great day for him. Um, you can tell teammates love him. Desire Franklin tweet after the game, you know, checking the box. A leader, inspiration, playmaker. He really is all three of those things. The story is a great, great story. Um, I mentioned this on our morning show today, so for the audience that didn't hear that, Eddie, I will share it here. And I guess it's kind of the last thing I have on Kenny. Uh, Patriots Week always gets me thinking back to the 2018 season when the Colts played New England early in the year on a Thursday night. And back then, uh, NFL coaches did a conference call with the visiting media that no longer happens. So, it was really, unless I'm forgetting, well, I, I guess I did it maybe a couple times in 2014, 2015, but you know, there, there's a level of intimidation that I felt asking Bill Belichick a question. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the Colts have a lot of ex-Patriots on their team. 
would it be worth asking him about any of his ex-players? Now, that could probably go <laughs> one way or the other. Um, and in Kenny's case, I was a little torn on it because, you know, they cut Kenny. And he was an undrafted free agent out of Valdosta State, you know, participates in that 2017 offseason with the Patriots. And then basically a numbers game, and they cut him. He joins the Colts. He kind of plays late in that 4-12 2017 season and then really started in 2018 and played a big role. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, is Belichick going to give me anything here if I ask him about Kenny Moore? And I'm like, screw it. I'll ask him. Belichick gives like a two- or three-minute answer purely on Kenny Moore. And again, Eddie, this is Kenny Moore like three games into really starting full-time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had not been a Pro Bowler yet, nothing like that. And I kind of walked away from that being like, Damn. I don't think Kenny was just like somebody has to play on a four and twelve football team last year. Like there might be a little bit more something here. And like Belichick clearly now again, New England is thirteen and three. I'm not gonna get into New England's roster mechanics back in 2017, 2018. I have no idea if they should have kept them or whatnot. But walking away from that, I was like, okay, this is a really interesting quote from one of, if not the greatest coach in NFL history. So that always kind of struck me early in the Kenny Moore era here in Indianapolis, and obviously um, the rest of it has played out as it has. I mean, he's so damn instinctual, plays bigger than he is. I'm dumbfounded teams run screens to his side. Um, what a day. What a day for him. Um, so deserving, and I think you guys will enjoy the interview coming up with him. Second of the team in tackles, too. So not only did he have the two pick sixes, but he had eight tackles to go with it. He made an early play on Bryce Young on a scramble. Mm-hmm. I felt like Bryce could have got a first down. Just such a sound tackle already. He made Saguna Luby miss, and then um, Kenny was right there to prevent the first down. He is a great, Kenny is a great, great football player. Um, and, and we talked about it last week, you know, around the trade deadline. You know, is he a guy you move? And of the names that we mentioned, like him and Zach Moss and Julian Blackman, the thing that stood out to me about Kenny that's different than Moss and Blackman is, first off, Kenny's obviously the most accomplished pro of the three, but you don't really have anybody else like him on the roster. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously at running back you have Taylor. You know, at safety, if you really want to get, I guess, a little risky and look towards the future, you have a Nick Cross. You know, the three corners you drafted last year, they're all outside guys. So there's no one really kind of waiting in the wings, I think, to take over for him either. Um, And I think re-signing him to something in that kind of two- or three-year area with certainly um, kind of a front-loaded deal. I mean, his instincts to me thinks that he can be a guy that plays into his 30s, which I don't think you say that about every corner. Statistically, he is on pace for his best season of his career right now. I mean, how many tackles for – do you have his stats up? How many tackles for – for losses you have already uh tackles for losses um let me find it's it. gotta be close to double digits i'll have to find that one yeah i mean that is yeah i that stat has always stood out to me especially for a corner um, and he pretty much plays linebacker with how much nickel that you have him in so kenny moore to me well deserving of the lead off of what i liked from yesterday uh, other players performed well in the first half when you needed them to, most notably DeForest Buckner, which is a part of the second thing that you liked. Other best players performed um, to the level in which they were being paid to perform at. Yeah, and that last part, Eddie, is kind of what I want to hit on. Let's go back to Chris Boward's comments at the season-ending presser from last season. And you know, obviously Chris Boward is largely at fault for last season, and you know, there's many people on that list from Frank Reich to Jeff Saturday to Matt Ryan, et cetera, et cetera, uh, your offensive line. But when Chris said the phrase, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but we need our best players to play better, when he said that at the end of last season, I sat there and thought, man, he is so right. He is so right with that statement. And yesterday, Eddie, I thought, for the most part, early on, as you built that 20-3 to lead, and again, I know Carolina had some moments where it was like, wait, are they ready to get back into it? You take a 20-3 to lead against a one-win football team, that's a steep mountain to climb. So establishing that... I thought, you know, obviously deflated them big time. And and let's go down the list. You were missing a lot of good football players yesterday. You know, Richardson, Braden Smith, Grover Stewart, Zaire Franklin, Josh Downs exits early. I mean, those are a lot of, you know, quality football players for you. So what about your other guys? Your depth is being tested. What about your other stars? Well, how about Kenny Moore? How about DeForest Buckner, Eddie, to start that game? Just wrecking Carolina drives. 
doing what you should do to a rookie quarterback. You know, establishing his presence as a, hey, you know, Bryce Young, if you've got issues looking over our line of scrimmage, here I am at 6'8", 290, or whatever he is, uh, providing challenges in those throwing lanes. Eddie, how about Matt Bleeping Gay? All right. Let's go time and score when they trotted Matt Gay out there for the 57-yarder, okay? It is 10-3. Carolina, again, had moved it. They'd got on the board. The Colts stall out. They get a first and 10 at the Carolina 40 with a minute 08 to go. And it's Taylor pass for one. It's incompletion. It's incompletion. Gardner Minshew is starting to look like a backup quarterback in a day that he very much was bad. All of a sudden, it's fourth and nine from the Carolina 39. If you miss a field goal there, they get the ball in great field position to get a late half score. That could have been 10-6, maybe even 10-10 at halftime. Again, they still had all three of their timeouts. You talk about a big big momentum swing. So the Colts send Matt Gay out there after not trying to get into any better field goal range, and they attempt a field goal they wouldn't have even thought about attempting in recent years. And then Matt Gay just booms it right down. The, I mean, he's having an all-pro year. I, I don't. I guess I'd need to look up Justin Tucker's stats, but Matt Gay to me, I don't know. Maybe there's another kicker that's kicking better than him, but he's having an all-pro season. Um, just don't take that for granted. Like all, all of a sudden, it has turned into 57-yard field goals. You expect that hit to be like 90 percent outdoors. Mm-hmm. All the Baltimore kicks were outdoors too, and he does that. Like. It, your best players delivered for you. If Matt Gay misses that kick, all of a sudden, you're probably looking at 10-6, maybe 10-10, but let's go with 10-6 at half. And again, Carolina yeah. trots off the field thinking, we're right in this. Um, the other two names that I'll mention kind of in this category, and I know maybe from a fantasy football standpoint, Eddie, it wasn't eye-popping, but I thought in building your 20-3 to lead on a day when you know the tight end position continued to be pretty quiet, Josh Downs leaves early. Uh, your quarterback is clearly struggling. I thought Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman did some nice heavy lifting early. How about Pittman staying in the game after that hit? Stays in the game, mm-hmm. makes a couple of big catches there for you in the first half. I mean, he was I mean, Alec Pierce played every snap, Eddie, and he had as many catches as you. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, you needed Pittman to stay in there. You needed some production. Obviously, a lot of the quick hitters to him. And kind of let his size make a play. You you obviously see. And I thought Taylor ran pretty well early. You got him involved. There was a clear bell cow. I mean, Taylor was clearly the number one guy. 23 touches. I think he had seven touches before Zach Moss even entered the game. Uh, Taylor, I thought, had some nice success early when you scored those first what, 10, 13 points there. So... Just overall, Kenny Moore, DeForest Buckner, Matt Gay, I think Sprinkle and Taylor, Sprinkle and Pittman, your best players deliver for you. And 74% I think, of the snaps is what Taylor played. 74%? 74%. Moss played 21%. Yeah, I think the um, 23-7, to 7, I want to say, was the touch discrepancy. Uh, Taylor had five catches. I don't think Moss was targeted at all. So There was also a moment late in the first half, Eddie, where two-minute warning, uh, the Colts had Moss start that drive. They come back after the two-minute warning, and, and Taylor, Taylor goes in. in the game. Yeah, We haven't seen that this year, like the interchanging within drives. That, to me, was another sign of like, all right, enough's enough. You know, we're going to focus on Taylor. And again, they tried to run Taylor in the second half. They didn't have great success with it. But I think over time, that's the right tactic. And I still think when they put Moss in late first quarter into the second, you saw some fresh legs get to Carolina a little bit there. So I like how they handled the running backs yesterday. You mentioned the offensive line and not really blocking well, so let's transition there to what you did not like, starting with the offensive line. In the second half, I didn't think the run blocking was great. Didn't really give much room for Taylor or Moss, frankly, to operate um, on the ground in the second half. Yeah, a lot of run stuffs. I also thought you know, Carolina kind of looked at themselves and said, all right, enough is enough. Gardner Minshew's right arm. You know, I mean, we're going to make him try and beat us. I thought... It's never good, you know, it's it's coming back home from the date and saying, oh, she was nice. It, it, there are boxes for backup quarterbacks to check in a game, and to be fair, one of the boxes is don't commit a turnover. So Minshew deserves credit there because that hasn't been 
the consistent trade of him here in 2023. But I mean, Eddie, what did he do? What did he do in the passing game? Like uh, nothing. I mean, the yards per attempt number number was awful, and you got Carolina DBs getting hurt, and their secondary was banged up coming into the game. And I mean, hell, when you look at, they had one. Okay, the Colts' biggest play from yesterday, Eddie. Do you remember the biggest play they had? Um, it's got to be one play over twenty yards. I don't recall. This is what this is sums up the game. A 22-yard, 7-yard scramble by Minshew, 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty on Carolina. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. That adds up to 22 yards. That's the biggest play of the day for the Colts. Uh, So, yeah, that to me just kind of tells you everything you need to know about the lack of offensive production. Obviously, all those punts there in the second half. Now, again, you ended with punts. The only way Carolina was going to get back into it is if you ended in turnovers. But that offensive performance was ugly. Uh, the yardage easily a season low, the 13 points. That was the, and I think it was kind of the first time we've had it really for the better part of 60 minutes. That was like, oh man, am I watching 2022 over again? That's kind of what I felt watching that offensive effort. And I don't know, maybe the CJ Stroud element to, to it plays into it. And even watching Bryce Young, like again, I would rather watch. You want to get to know your rookie quarterback and what you have. You want to get that answer as quick as possible. And uh, the fact that the Colts the Colts fans have to watch Gardner Minshew quarterback their football team just stinks. It just stinks. I mean, flat out. You're just missing such, uh, even if you want to put the entertainment factor to the side, you're just missing out such valuable. I mean, Will Levis on Thursday Night Football in Pittsburgh, Eddie, that's double the amount of road playing time that Anthony Richardson is going to have. So, um, yeah, just... Uh, I thought, in general, a very poor offensive day for the Colts. The second thing, special teams. I'm assuming this is in reference to Isaiah McKenzie and the muff punt. Well, the muff, and I thought they also had a couple of big returns. Yeah. They had uh, Blackshear had a big kick return when, when, when they kind of needed a spark. And I mean, nowadays, do you even see big kick returns? <laughs> I feel like a successful return uh, at 46 for him. And then the dude with a lot of names, um, Marcette, Smith Marcette, if I'm saying that right. Oh, Amir Smith Marcette. Yeah. Uh, he had a 24 yard punt return, which, you know, in punt return days, that's like taking it to the house. So uh, I just think Brian Mason, that special teams unit, has had some hiccups this year. Do you feel this way about McKenzie? Do you feel like it was only a matter of time? Yes. I've had, you know, I have like a running list of questions for Shane Steichen. It usually hovers like around 10 or 12. In terms of a muff, yeah, he's made poor decisions. Right. So, yeah, the muff was due. Yeah, I, I kind of have like 10 or 12 questions that, you know, you know, obviously I ask some and you know they go off the list and put others on there. And, you know, certainly in a press conference setting, either I don't get the chance to ask them or I don't necessarily feel the need to ask them, but they're just thoughts I have on my mind. And if they other information kind of grows to I find it worthy that to be asked, then I'll ask it. I've had the... Have you thought about Josh Downs as a punt returner on the list for quite some time now? Like, that has been on the list. I just haven't asked it yet. And then yesterday was like, man, I probably should have asked that. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was only a matter of time before that that happened. So, special teams. You know, if you want to keep a one-win football team in it, you have special teams type of mistakes. The Colts certainly had that yesterday. And it's happened a few times this season. So, I think that qualifies as another thing that I did not like from yesterday. I was trying to find any after that happened, any guys that are available right now that have punt return experience or special teams experience that are also kind of like a wide receiver and there's not many. Is Amari Rogers still around for the Colts? I know yeah. they, they, they they took him off the 53 but is he on the practice squad or anything? Didn't he play yesterday? I thought Winfrey was That was there, Winfrey then. Yeah, that was Winfrey who I was thinking yeah, of. Winfrey technically started. <laughs> um, Yeah. And, and, I mean, to be fair to McKenzie, didn't he? What, he have two catches? Yeah, I thought he had it. Well, I guess he just had the one for 11. That was actually a nice play that he made there. I can't believe Pierce played the whole game and didn't have a catch. He only had two targets. And Ogletree was the only tight end catch? Yep. <sighs> and I think Granson had one target, maybe. Granson had, technically had two. What an awful day of the passing offense. Just awful. Awful, awful, awful. Um, but so they, yeah, those are the things that I did not like. They didn't. They did enough to not... To put Minshew in a 
situation where he wasn't able to turn the ball over. Yeah, I thought um, to give Bryce Young and that offense some a short field and some life and right, some energy. Right. You, you, your special teams tried to give them some short fields. Yeah. But the offense stayed away from the catastrophic sort of mistake there. And then again, Kenny Moore, just Andy Sweeney, my co-host, who we're about to hear from Kenny Moore here, right, right here. Um, he was just he swept the sins away. That's what Kenny Moore did. Covered up those sins for the Colts. <laughs> uh, here it was Kenny Moore with us on this Monday morning. We started off with just the general. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, fantastic game on Sunday with the two pick sixes. Uh, I, I don't know. How special was it having uh, the twin sister and having the family in town looking up to them up there in the 200 section as you're balling out? How was that? Oh, man, just to see them uh, see me in my element, uh, it means the world to me. Uh, just having my sisters, I've learned so much from them, from from having respect, uh, having, you know, no pride, um, having humility. Uh, a, a lot of things come from them. So uh, I just want to, you know, pay the respect, pay the love back to them. And I just want to see them, you know, see me work as hard as I can and, you know, for us to have these moments together. Do they have their passports ready for Germany? <laughs> <laughs> My older sister does not have a passport. <laughs> That's too bad. I'm going to have to get that yeah. expedited here. Get Joe Fonderol in the in the ops department on that this week here. Kenny Kenny Moore joining us. I'll say it now. He will be the AFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 9. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Kenny, if you don't mind, could you walk us through both interceptions, what you saw on each of those two plays? Uh, yes, sir. So rushing cover works together. Um, you know, having a rookie quarterback, having you know the the coaches in his ear, letting them know what coverage we're in. Uh, we just tried to play around with the, the with the alignments and and how we were going to play certain calls. So uh, it wasn't a telltale. So you know, just moving around just gave the D line an, another tick to to rush at them. They got they got on them pretty early in the game. So. Uh, once I see that as a defensive back, I know that I can probably start jumping a couple routes, and you know, not selfishly, but just uh, in the in the root of the scheme. And so, uh, on the play, the first one, um, you know, with the guy motioning over me having a running back, um, I saw that the rush was getting to him. Uh, once I saw the rush getting to him, you know, as a quarterback, you don't want to take too many hits. Um, and not not throwing the ball careless, carelessly to the flat, but uh, he he probably thought he had to run it back uh, to the sideline there in the flat. So uh, just me, you know, I made this this same play in practice on Thursday, uh, same same as that type of play. And um, you know, with the rush with the rush getting to him, he just threw the ball uh, a little late, and I undercut the route. Um, the second one, the the rush was at him again. Like I said, defensive line, they I contribute both of these interceptions to the defensive line. Just rushing cover, working in the, working together uh, collectively as a as a unit. We just been trying to, you know, pick it up defensively. And uh, he overthrew the running back for the screen. I saw the screen. And I just wanted to uh, make a play on that. I saw the ball was too high, and I and I took it around. Can the first player in franchise history with two pick sixes in a game? Kenny, what, what do you think is your greatest trait as a player? That's a great question. Greatest trait as a player, I, I feel like I think about 100% I would have to say level-headedness. And um, I think that goes to a lot of different things, you know, having the highs, having the lows, just having a median uh, mindset. Um, having a reset mindset, um, everything will always go my way. And even with the success that I've had over my career, thankfully, um, it's it just never gotten to me. And um, that goes back to, you know, my childhood and how I was raised. But uh, that goes to another point of, you know, being coachable. Um, I can never, you know, shut down a coach from, from what he's trying to tell me, from what he's trying to teach me as a player and as a man uh, in this life. Um, I just want to learn as much as I can from, you know, teammates and coaches. So I just think uh, my mentality and how, how I re- approach the game and how I respect the game 
uh, and just loving the game, I know it'll love me back. So uh, it's definitely my mindset. Kenny Moore with us here on the Wake Up Call on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, obviously, winning changes everything. That locker room, we'll get to the Jim Irsay dance here in just a second, but uh, you guys' locker room and now the prep and going to Germany, which we can mention as well. Uh, but just getting a win and the defense after the last couple weeks being kind of, uh, you know, I mean, listen, uh, being beat up a little bit. How vital was it for you guys as a defensive unit to bounce back and have that kind of a game on Sunday? Oh, man, uh, Saturday night, you know, I'm talking to the defensive backs, you know, as a as a group, man. I told them, that, you know, the, the organization turned the page once we got Coach Shane, man, and, and Coach Shane has given this organization in this city so much energy and so much, you know, strength along the way. Uh, it wasn't, you know, an easy job to take. And, you know, having a lot of moving parts in the building, man, you just want to give your all for six months. You just want to give your all for this head coach. You want to give your all for a guy who's bought in, who loves ball. And uh, anyone who loves ball around me, I want to give it back to them. I want to pay it to them. So, uh, you know, the, the first interception, I gave it to him. I gave the ball. Uh, the interception ball to him. He gave it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so do you have the ball right now? Who has the ball? Do you have it? I got the first one. The second one I gave to uh, David Thornton. He's the uh, player engagement guy. He's the guy that, you know, he's basically the bridge from the players to the coaches. But, uh, you know, he he's one of the guys that I keep in my corner, man, my inner circle, uh, DT. He – He's a he's he's a very uh, important and great person in my life that I that I that I value. Again, Kenny Moore is with us here. Just an absolutely historic afternoon for him yesterday with those two pick sixes and a big part of Adam Thielen have such an a quiet afternoon. Um, Kenny, you were I thought very candid last spring and talking about the struggles from last season and, and you know I guess a little bit public with your contract issue. If you want to go back to last summer, I'm curious for our audience that maybe hasn't heard you know your conversations with Gus Bradley and Chris Boward in the off season and, and what do you feel like is different for you? here in this second season in Gus's defense? Um, I, I think everybody can see now, you know, you know, being halfway into the season, you know, you know, me, me just being a part of the plan. Um, you know, it's not easy as a coach going into a, a new situation, new players, new scheme, uh, you know, everybody buying in um, and just having the awareness of who you have in the room and how you can use them. And I think coaches do their best to try to put – you know, players in the best position to make the plays, and you know, I just, I just wasn't the the, the guy. I just wasn't a guy, humbly to say, uh, respectfully to say, I just wasn't the guy last year. But you know, we made a lot of, um, we had a lot of conversations, we had a lot of discussions on how, you know, I can be the player that, you know, I envision myself playing, being, and uh, the player that I've always been for this organization. I want to continue to be that, and you know, it was. It was frustrating as a player to not, you know, to to be left alone and and I, I didn't have the the things around me to be able to be me. Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as an athlete, but you know, as an athlete, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep being resilient. You got to keep buying in each day, uh, even when when it doesn't. Uh, whenever your number isn't called, so um, that was one of the tough times. One of the first seasons that, you know, I, I've ever been through that. But, um, you know, I just want to thank God for having that, you know, mentality of, you know, it can all be better someday. Uh, you just got to keep fighting. So, um, thankful for Coach Gus, man. Coach Gus has been very uh, humble. He's been very respectful. He's been very uh, caring in the whole situation to to want to be better. You know, the defense want to be better. Everybody want to be better. So, I just think – you know, everybody buying into the system, uh, it'll definitely pay off. Uh, win or loss, we gotta we got things to to clean up each day. It, you've been such a core core player in in the Chris Ballard era. Did you ever think there was a time in the last six to twelve months that it might be coming to an end here? Uh, I'll be lying if I said that. You know, I didn't think that because uh, because business is going to be business. But I think relationship wise, he. You know, he asked me, did I want to be here? I said, I, I don't want to be anywhere else. Um, and that's just how I went, man. I, I'm, I'm glad that I can still be uh, repping the horseshoe, man. Um, but, you know, it's a new year, man. I, it's full of great vibes, great energy. Um, I feel like last year didn't even happen. I feel like I didn't, I didn't play last year. I, I just felt like it was like a year off type of deal. Um, but I'm thankful to be, be, be in the building, be myself. I'm a, I'm a night and day person. 
uh, personally, I'm a night and day person, man. It's I'm way happier, uh, even before the night, you know, how the night went last night. But, you know, in training camp and OTAs, I just wanted to I just wanted to prove it to my teammates first and foremost that, you know, I'm there for them first. Kenny Moore with us. Kenny, it sounds like you're more appreciative given that what you went through last year and everything that you sit here midway through the season coming off that great game with the two pick sixes yesterday. You sound like you're appreciative of just kind of like everything going on right now with you. Yeah, I think uh, I think it has to do with me being in my seventh year of my career. And then, and then you, you, you figure out and you realize, like, I can't do this forever. Like, whenever you're 21, 22, you feel like, you can do whatever it is out there that's being um, asked to do, and you feel like you can do it for forever. You got forever in front of you. It feels like at 21, 22 years old, but, you know, being 28 now, you like, oh, man, like, the guys look up <laughs> to me as, like, the OG in the room. Like, they're like, oh, man, you getting old. Like, you're the old guy. You're the old yeah. You're 28, man. You're only 28 years old. I'm 39. That's how I feel. I'm older than Steichen now. I'm getting a hair procedure on Friday, yeah. Kenny. I'm so old. Yeah, Kevin Bowen's having a robot work on his receding hairline here in the next couple days. Oh, good luck with that. We'll be thinking of you. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kenny. Hash, we, hashtag thinking of yeah, Kevin. We live Thank really you. hard lives here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, but like in this in this industry, you know, you know, you get to that to that uh that point. But yeah, I still feel young. But it's just the uh, the guys that I'm around, man, it just makes you uh, very very appreciative, man. And just the process, I never take it for granted. Uh, you know, been been through so much, endured, uh, and having to embrace so much, man. I just, I just want to do it for the city that I'm from. Sometimes you kind of roll your eyes maybe at nicknames or like, wait, does that totally match? When I hear lightning in a bottle for you, I'm like, that is absolutely perfect. Where did that originate from? Uh, Coach Eberflus, uh, 2018, uh, Coach Matt Eberflus, he texted me this morning, actually. He he still he still calls me lightning. And uh, 2018, man, he, he, he saw me work every day. He seen me. He saw the way that I was uh, tackling guys that were bigger than me, how I was able to um, put guys on the ground. And so uh, that nickname formed, and then I pretty much ran with it. I'm like, man, this is my alter ego now. Like, not lightning the bottom. Like, whenever I strap the helmet on, I, I really feel like I'm lightning. So, you know, I got the lightning tattoo behind my left ear. And, and that's something that uh, I, I definitely cherish for sure. Kenny Moore with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the fan on this Monday, Reaction Monday. Uh, we'll get you out of here. I just just two quick things. Uh, I, I assume you haven't been to Germany. Do you like any German food? A little spatzel? Do you like any German food? Do you have any idea if you like German food? So I've been to Germany. And I, it was after my second year, so this was okay. And uh, I, got, I got great ties with Borussia Dortmund, a soccer team out there. Club. Is that your and, favorite team? Is I that your favorite? Yeah, that. is that I your forgot it, you went over Yeah, there. is that your favorite team? That's my favorite uh German league team. Yes. Okay. Period. Okay. Okay. But and, I, I like I like Liverpool and uh BVB. Okay. Okay. There you go. So so you know the the lay of the land. I'm sure many of the players there haven't been over there and don't know the lay of the land. And then the second thing, last one, and we can get you out of here, KB, unless you have something else. Is uh, how was that locker room? I mean, the the viral video is out. Meek Mill's on in the background. Uh, Mr. Ursay is dancing, kind of holding on to Coach Steichen. What was that entire thing like when you guys were <laughs> celebrating that win? Ah uh, man, before the game, EJ Speed was turning us up, man. EJ Speed had a great playlist, so you know after the game, EJ got back on the Ox and uh, he played the Meat Mill, and now he thinks he's the best DJ on the team. But uh, I, I think I still hoist that one. Uh, he put the the Meat Mill on, and everybody was just in good vibes, man. We just trying to get the momentum going here uh, and, and pay it back. But I I didn't see the. The Mr. Ursay dancing until after the fact. <laughs> we all laughed about that one. Could be in a future music video here coming up here. Like uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week on the horizon. If not, then there's a major, major issue there with the league. Kenny, congrats on yesterday. I can only imagine what that was like with so much of your family there in the building. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Safe travels to Germany. Much love, man. Take care. That was Kenny Moore yesterday again. AFC Defensive Player or uh, yeah, Defensive Player of the Week. I don't know. He was so good offensively. He might. He should win that too with his playmaking. I assume that he will earn that. And you know, sometimes Eddie, you know, 
Kenny maybe isn't like the go-to, go-to quote. I really enjoyed that interview with him. I appreciate his time. Um, I thought, you know, on a variety of questions, he handled that really, really well. So thank you to Kenny for that. Lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. I like that one, don't you? I do too. Shout out Matt Eberflus. Yeah, I, I thought that was um, a great, great description. By, and how about Eberflus sending him the uh, the text? Do you think the text said, if you hit free agency next year, we wouldn't mind bringing you here? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Are <laughs> uh, you ready for Twitter questions? I am. Jason is up first. Not to be captive of the moment, but are we sure the Colts don't try to bring back Kenny Moore? I know that's where the momentum was going back to last season. I, I don't. I, I don't know if I've ever, and I don't know, maybe I have, but I don't think I've ever been like, this is a, this is the final year of Kenny Moore here in Indianapolis. Again, the instinctual factor to his game, Eddie, always leads me to think he could do this for a little bit longer. And I know he plays a position where instincts are going to get you so far, but I, I, those are not dying anytime soon. Um, I also think that you have a cornerback depth chart that I just don't see anybody else that comes close to replicating what he can do. And that's another reason why. I mean, and I feel that way kind of about DeForest Buckner defensive tackle. It's just like, who's waiting in the wings? You know, who's passing the torch there at that position? Um, So, yeah, if you felt like you weren't going to re-sign him, if you felt like whatever, it's going to be difficult to re-sign him, then, yeah, you needed to... You, I mean, you always entertain trade talks. Always. I want to know intel. I want intel around the league. Who's available? Who do you like on our team? Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me more. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. All right. Interesting. And in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, hell no, I'm not trading that dude. But I want to I want to know what you have. Um, so, yeah, I, I think right now Kenny Moore would be a guy, uh, you know, two years, three years, front load the hell out of it. That works for me. When you got a rookie quarterback, you've got the money, right, to pay him too. Right, right. Certainly have that. But it all depends on where Chris Ballard wants to spend the money this offseason too. That and, and you know, I know Kenny loves it here. I, I, I mean, he just made that very clear mm-hmm. in the interview. I'm going to ask him the specific trade question. But I'm really interested to see what the market looks like. Is there another Eberflus type team that's like we? I mean, let's be honest. Chris Ballard is pretty stringent to market value. Is there a team that says? We have heard nothing but glowing remarks about him. We feel like we're a nickel player away. Let's do it. Bill Belichick? <laughs> well, they stink. But yes, something along those those lines. Josh says, hey, Kevin, glad the Colts got the win as I am still holding out hope that they can sneak into the playoffs. However, that was a pitiful offensive performance against an awful Carolina team. Is it time to give someone else a chance at quarterback? Gardner Mitchell has been really bad as a starter since Anthony Richardson has gone down. He appears to be not much more than a semi-mobile Matt Ryan. Time for a change, in my opinion. Also, why is Gus Bradley not putting Shaq Leonard in on third down, especially when you don't have Zaire Franklin on the field? Do you see um, Leonard's snap counts from yesterday? Let me pull it up. So the Colts uh, obviously know Zaire Franklin. So curious what those snap counts would look like. 55% for Shaq, 45% for EJ Speed. And Mr. Olubi. Sagoon Olubi. Never came off the field. 100%. 71 for 71. What do you think Shaq thinks about his role now? Grant Stewart did not play a snap either. Yeah. Which I thought was a little bit surprising. 71 of 71 for a Luby. Shaq plays 39. Speed plays 32. Obviously, those Shaq comments from last week, Eddie came after we had recorded the the Wednesday podcast. Um, so I, I do want to give a little bit of Leonard you know, chats here. Um, he, he had a team high 10 tackles yesterday. Obviously, a pretty good percentage there in terms of how many snaps he played and things like that. Um, Is that back-to-back? Games now with double-digit tackles? I think that is. Uh, clearly, he would disagree with this, but I don't see the same player. I don't. And I agree with Gus Bradley in the limitation of his role. You now are, I think it's nine straight games without an interception, a forced fumble, or a fumble recovery. Just two tackles for loss 
in those nine games as well. Is the role different? Yeah, but you're still on the field enough to, again, he's such an instinctual player, to create some playmaking. Um, and I don't see them blitzing him either. Like they right, would occasionally right, right. blitz and, him. And, and again, role has course, changed. That was underneath Eberflus and not Gus Bradley. Right, role has changed. But I think there are some reasons why they're not doing that. I just don't think he is all the way back to that specific player. Um, it's not even like there's the near place either. Like the not mm-hmm. boy, man, you know, Leonard got his hand on that one, or you know, boy, he's right there. He easily could have been him, or you know, you kind of see a tackle for loss where like he starts it and then somebody else cleans it up. Or like, it's like you know, he those, knocks the ball loose and the ball goes out of bounds or sure, something like that. Sure, sure, sure. Like, you know, EJ Speed's kind of had a couple of those plays this season. So um I understand his frustration and you feel awful for him because it is to me just so much of a you know, freak kind of physical thing of the multiple back surgeries. And you, obviously, if you look at the calendar, you know, Gus Bradley gets here last offseason. Then all of a sudden, in June and November, Shaq's got two different back surgeries. So if you either want to look at it, A, it was Gus Bradley's arrival that has changed his lack of splash plays, or B, it's injuries. If you just gave him two answers, he would say A over B. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go more B over A. And that, you know, he still is on the field. I mean, he was on the field enough to make how many tackles yesterday? Ten. ten. So to me, if you're on the field to make ten tackles, you're also on the field to get a big pass breakup, get a big tackle for loss, um, get your hands on a ball, be around a, you know, plays kind of a little bit closer um, to the line of scrimmage. So, again, I think we've seen a little bit better from him in recent weeks, but not to the effect of $20 million in return on that. And then as far as Gilmore and Ventrone, I mean, it, it, to me it is Gilmore, but yeah, those special teams issues. Um, the other part of Josh's question, is it time for to give someone else a chance at quarterback, i.e. Sam Ellinger? Yeah, I, I don't – again, that's a question that I brought up. If the turnover stuff would continue, obviously you didn't have that. I, I don't think we're – quite there yet but I mean how does it come from a guy that thought if you continue to lose it'd be good to play Kellen Mond I mean haven't we seen Ellinger mm-hmm. now I, I don't know maybe if this continues with Minshew you do I, I, I think we're just starting to see some volatility with him which again that is a trade of a backup quarterback hasn't really been a trade of Minshew but we have seen that as well we, we got a lot of God Minshew was bad yesterday we got a lot of those questions Garrett is up next. Only two questions left. Uh, not sure if it's a small sample size or if there's actually a trend here, but why is the team playing so much better on the road as to compared to home? Seems like the defense shows up better away from Lucas Oil Stadium. Not sure what to make of that. Well, love your thoughts. And as always, greetings from my new home in sunny South Florida. Wow. Wow, that sounds good on a day like today. Well, I guess it's supposed to be decent outside today, but... Uh, that sounds good in the month of November. Yeah, I mean, I am literally throwing my hands up at this, Eddie. I I, I don't know. I, I cannot explain why the Colts have been so bad at home and how much better on the road. I mean, how about Carolina having 10 penalties at home yesterday? Undisciplined. Yeah, I, I just – I wish I had a better explanation on that. And, and I think that's where I exit yesterday, Eddie, and I'm like, okay, the Colts won. That's important. They were less dumb than – Carolina, that's important. But if I asked you the I know my answer. I'll ask you this question. From what you saw yesterday out of the Colts, yep. do you believe they can string three in a row or four in a row together? No. To me, I watched yesterday, I don't feel any better about that. Now, again, the schedule, when you look at it, it screams manageable. It jumps off the pages like, that's a chance, that's a chance, that's a chance. Like There are plenty of chances. But I just didn't see a performance yesterday that all of a sudden makes me think at all that they can do that. Now, if you want to be glass half full to that response, you would say, okay, well, that means room for improvement. You won, and you you know, you know, have been a decent offensive team to better yeah. than defense. Um, to better than decent offensive team for you know large chunks of this season. Uh, now, also, I think New England's defense is better than Carolina's defense. So... Um, I think that's where you're a little bit torn of like, yes, you're four and five to get back into, 
I guess the goal is to make the playoffs, right? I mean, I, I'm. They have the second easiest schedule left, right? Yeah. Is that what they flashed on the game last night? They entered the day with the third easiest, so yeah, that would make sense. I mean, right now, if the playoffs started today, it's wild that every AFC North team would be in the playoffs. Certainly, you would think that would be a little bit of cannibaling from that division. Uh, we'll, let's say the Jets beat the Chargers tonight. So then you have the Jets at 5-3, and three, got Buffalo at 5-4, and four. I mean, just based off record, you're probably going to have to get to 10 to think about the playoffs. So that's 6-2 and two the rest of the way for the Colts. 9-8, yeah. and eight, you would need a million tiebreakers to go your way, in my opinion. You're probably going to have to get it to 10. 6-2, and two, the product that I saw yesterday, is not winning 6-8, of eight, which it, I guess would be 7-9 of nine if you include yesterday. Now, granted... You rattle through the quarterbacks you're playing the rest of the year. And outside of Burrow and C.J. Stroud, they're really a bunch of nobodies. Aiden O'Connell? Yeah. Like I said. Um, Baker? Will Levis? Yeah. Mac Jones? Baker? You could get into a point there. That that at Tennessee, I mean, I'm not saying Tennessee's a playoff team, but those first two games of December, at well, at Tennessee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, that stretch. Yeah, that's one that is big. Taylor Heineke? That's the last name we didn't mention in terms of starting quarterbacks. I'm still nervous about that defense. I know they played well yesterday, but like you look at the games they've played well. Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud in his second start in the NFL, and then Bryce Young. We've got two rookie quarterbacks on that or Yeah, two rookie quarterbacks. One mediocre quarterback and then another quarterback in Lamar Jackson who just was awful. Yeah, but again, those are the types of quarterbacks you're seeing uh-huh. the rest of the year. And I don't know, part of me is like, are we going to look back at the Baltimore game like we looked back on the Kansas City win from last year? Yeah. Every team has the outlier. And that's the beauty of playing a 17-game schedule is you can't just have an outlier. You have to be able to have repeatable performances you know, against quality teams to play in January. Um, and then you look at like how some of the veterans have played. Lawrence, they put up 31. Uh, Stafford puts up 29. You've got Lawrence with 37 again. P.J. Walker puts up 39 with Cleveland. And then Derek Carr puts up 38 with yeah. the Saints. Obviously, some of those games, you'd have some turnovers that played into that. But, yeah. Last Twitter question comes from Drew. Does DeForest Buckner sign a second contract in Indianapolis to retire as a Colt? He is not in a contract year, right? He's under contract through 24, I'm pretty sure. You are correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's another, I, I tend to think interior defensive linemen can get into their 30s. Um, he's obviously been extremely durable, and I just think he's kind of a rare breed at defensive tackle. So, yeah, I, I, I would – again, I, I'm not of the camp of – I still think he can provide quality football for you as Anthony Richardson is starting to play more and more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Did the Colts miss Zaire yesterday? I think they did. I thought Olubi had several missed tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several several missed tackles. And they averaged nearly five a carry. Yeah, it, Chuba got going a little bit there in the second half. Miles Sanders had that one series. So, um, but man, don't the Patriots stink? Colts are favored by one and a half. Did I see that? Maybe. Uh, so that'll be this week, and the Colts off to Germany on Thursday after their practice, so they'll kind of follow the Kansas City script, leave later in the week. Um, so we'll keep you updated on everything ahead of that one before the Colts head to their bye week here coming up next week. He is Eddie Garrison. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you Wednesday.